certified career coach or mental skills to assist individuals seeking to advance in law enforcement she graduated with a bachelor's of science degree in criminal justice later received a master's in management currently she is enrolled in the grand canyon university in phoenix pursuing a doctor of education and organizational leadership so thank you ma'am thanks for being here well it is my honor to be here and i just want to uh, kind of correct you a little bit I actually defended my dissertation, my doctoral dissertation yesterday, and I'm wow. now doctor, Dr. Wow. Robert Glover-Reese. Wow. So I'm so excited. So I'm beaming with excitement. You just don't know. Yes. It's been five years of working yeah. toward this goal. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. And I just, I thank God for just bringing me to this point. And I, I am complete. I am now Dr. Rhonda Glover-Reese, so I'm excited. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, congratulations. So, Dr. Rhonda Glover-Reese, welcome to Hit Refresh Podcast. This oh, is just amazing. Oh, thank you so much. This is, yeah. this is great. Good stuff. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, this is amazing. Uh, what, what drove you to join the Federal Bureau of Investigation and uh, pursue it as a career? Uh, was it something you dreamt as a kid? And how, what was the process behind it? absolutely you hit it right on the 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 you hit the uh, the head on the nail right there so when i was a little girl i used to look at the fbi with ephraim zimlis jr it's a really really old show and you'd have to go to youtube to pull it up and so i looked at it religiously and so that's when i learned about the fbi and what you know what it was and what it was all about and i'm i'm a little girl i'm just i'm I don't know. I think I'm probably like five years old or something like that. But I used to look at that. I used to look at that show and and I was just enthralled with it. And and that's how I learned about the FBI. And so fast forward to high school, um, I was in the 10th grade and I was in my counselor's office with uh, some other students and we were there and I saw this pamphlet in like a it's like a bookcase and that was it i said that's it that's what i'm going to do i'm going to be an fbi agent and ever since that day it that's all i ever wanted to do that was it there wasn't anything else um even if i tried to do something else it did not work out so i knew that that was you know god leading my steps guided me in the direction that he wanted me to go and i went through the the process i you know i i joined the fbi in uh, 1984 before you guys were even born <laughs> so i joined <laughs> yes. then as in a professional staff capacity and um four years after that i applied to become a special agent with the fbi and i was successful and so i retired in september 2018 um, after 34 years of uh, service, over 34 years actually of service. So it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, just to get the title, uh, just to be able to say that I was part of, I was an FBI special agent. Just like being able to say that is like very cool. You want to talk about um, how you initially joined, you were even working like weekends. The first uh, position was a drug case in Newark. So uh, from there to cut to 34 years and um, again we read an article in cbs which said that 
and that was published in 2020 that among 13000 fbi agents only 4% were african american so and also that the seventh floor in fbi is where the decision and policies are made and at that moment uh, there were no african american people in that floor and which really puts things into perspective like uh, in 2020, if this is the scenario, so mom, did you face any hurdles when initially in 1984 you had joined and how did you overcome them? Well, what's interesting, and let me just answer that. Yes, I experienced hurdles, uh, but when you have a desire like I had to be a part of the FBI and to be very intentional about becoming an agent and just really being my best, the hurdles were just there. The challenges, yes, you're going to have challenges. It's just how you navigate those challenges and how you decide you're going to move through those challenges. And so that was the decision that I made that any challenges that came up, I was just going to, uh, I, I was going to, I was going to work with them. I was going to do my best and I was going to navigate and I was going to get through them. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I, I had an incredible career, um, you know, in the FBI and I really, really enjoyed working. I had, I mean, I had a lot of fun, met a lot of incredible people, worked a lot of incredible cases, went to some incredible places that the Bureau, the FBI paid for. So, you know, it's always good when, when, when they pay, yeah. <laughs> it's always, it's always yeah. good. <laughs> so, so I, I did, I had a great career. I learned a lot and I learned a lot about who, um, who I am and who I wanted to be. And it, 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 it came in waves, you know, it just came in waves, you know, just coming in, you know, I knew that I wanted to be an FBI agent. I became an FBI agent. And then I knew that, you know, it was important for me to just do my best. And, I didn't come in with a, a clear set plan, just giving you straight talk. I did not come in with a clear straight plan in terms of moving up into management and getting promoted. I did not. But as I look back, I wonder if things could have been different. And in answering that question, um, of myself, yeah, things could have been different. And so that's what my, you know, my research was about. It was about ascending to the highest levels of federal government and taking the right steps in order to position myself to do that. And when I look at all the data and all the, all the things that the, the women that I interviewed said, there were things that I did not do. And there were things that I could have done that could have taken me higher. I don't regret it. So what I'm doing now is sharing. I'm going to share what I've learned to other women. So they know this is what you need to do. This is going to help you navigate the challenges. This is going to help you go to where you want to go. Because as you know, a black female in the FBI, it was only it was it's, it's at 1% right now, 1%. And so even though I'm retired, we're still a close knit group. We still know each other. 
And that's how small the number is. And it's important that I get the word out. And to other women in other uh, law enforcement agencies across the country, that these are things that you can do. This can minimize your frustration because you can get into a position where you're very, very frustrated about where you're going and when you're not getting there, when you're not moving as quickly as you'd like to move, then it can be a problem. But the, you know, this, but the things that I learned, the information was just incredibly rich. And so I look forward to sharing my study to whoever wants to listen. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, having worked out through a glorious career in all these years and uh, worked on numerous cases, is there anything particular that uh, you found the most exciting case or like something that you always wanted to work upon? And uh, is it exactly the way it is shown in movies that uh, the whole sort of a procedure is followed? So would you like to share any, any case with us? So, so what's interesting that... Um... I have a lot of interesting examples. So I worked, I, I worked a lot of undercover cases and I did a lot of undercover work. In fact, when I was working undercover there, you know, it was me and two other black females that did most of the undercover work in, in the bureau, in the FBI. And, 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 and that was for, and, and the reasoning was that, you know, we, you know, we were, we were certified and it was, it, you have to be certified in order to work undercover work. And so we were, we were certified and, and, and we wanted to do it. So, um, so we, you know, I had, I had a lot of fun working some of those cases. And when you start talking about what you've seen on TV, a lot of it is, um, they, they definitely take some creative licensing with some of the things that uh, that the Bureau does. It never happens that quickly. Cases can run on for years and years. <laughs> and, you know, and, and they tend to solve things in about an hour, really less than that if you take out the commercial. Yeah. So um, it's, you know, it's, that's TV. That's, that's fun. That's, uh, that's being creative and developing stories and things of that nature. Uh, but for, you know, for when I look back on my career, you know, I've had some really incredible cases and, you know, some of the, the undercover cases that I worked, they were mostly drug investigations. You know, I traveled abroad um, doing some of the, you know, doing some of those investigations. So, so so those are probably some of my more memorable uh cases um you know because i'm i'm out there i'm out there and you know there were you know yeah. some you know anytime you're working uh an undercover investigation and you're in that role you know you want to make sure that you're okay because at any moment it could be very dangerous you know mm -hmm. i bought drugs i've sold drugs i've um, you know, I've been that middle person, um, uh, guns, you know, I bought guns, you know, all those kind. and see, it, you know, at any time, you know, something could go wrong. 
But the beauty of working undercover in the FBI, the FBI was very, very intentional about being safe, being very, very safe. And so anytime that I was in an undercover role, I would see people. You know, I, I, I could turn to my right and turn to my left and I could see people that I know and I and, and they were ready to jump in if I needed them. And so I'm able to focus on my job. I'm able to focus on my role and not worry about being safe because I knew that people were out there. So that was that was comforting. That was very, very comforting to me. Um, there was a scenario where um, I had to get arrested. And okay. so, okay. you know, to, 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 to get, you know, <laughs> some yeah. handcuffs on you, that doesn't feel real good. That still yeah. doesn't feel real good. <laughs> so um, I had to, I had to get carted off and put in the back of the car and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then what, what was funny is that when, you know, at the, at the police station um, and we work with the locals a lot. But so if yeah. we, you know, if, 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 you know, walking into the, the station and then walking into the room where another subject who had just been arrested and I walk in and he, he sees me and he's like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. And so just to see the look, the look on, look on his face um, was, you know, just kind of, interesting i don't want to say funny but just real yeah. real interesting what were your undercover names if you can reveal them if you can reveal them then were oh. there some interesting yeah no it wasn't it wasn't anything interesting you know i used my um let's see i i used the initials of my my name okay. and i'm trying to remember my first i used my first name but my last name was different okay yeah okay so you be, you're you're very very careful about you know picking the name that yeah. you have and um and so but my my last name was 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 different yeah i, I asked this because like in the movie black clansman which you covered in your wired video also uh, he uses his real name and then he realizes that oh no what did i just do so in, in, in that scenario that's why i was a bit tense when you said that you use your first name which is like a bit of yep. a serious thing yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. so i don't know i know that that was on my that was on my 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 id but i'm sure that that yeah that's what i you know i may have come up with some sort of nickname but everything was yeah. different a lot yeah. of uh, some of the undercover assignments, I, I never had to give up, you know, my my name or I was just there. You know, I was just yeah. present. So. OK, yeah. Uh, so uh, a thought comes that uh, like when you're undercover, so you need like an intense focus of like you need to be true to your role and not forget or not slip or anything like any small mistake can cost like in a very drastic effect so yes. how do you like okay firstly how do you get into that zone of like intense focus of and everything so uh, that too the the reason i asked this is because as you have mentioned that a case that that runs for years so for years you need to take on that role and you need to play to the perfection and so how do you get that focus 
Well, the way you get that focus is that you learn who you are, your who your your subject is, who are you working against. You get to know them. You get to know who they are. You get, you really get to know the case. You really get to know. You really get to know what the case is all about, what the background is, and you learn as much as you can. Because that's going to determine what you say, what you do, what direction you're going to go in. That's going to determine how you engage your subject. It's really going to determine, you know, what you're going to do moving forward. So it's important that you you learn as much as you can about the people that you're going to be interacting with. You, you're going to need to know exactly you know what does what does the prosecution need to move forward with the case what does that case agent need you know find out what everybody needs and and, and as an undercover i think about how i'm going to get that because as an undercover even though you're in a uh, in a uh, in a role outside of being an agent you still you're still an agent even though that's not your role at that time you yeah. still have the the ability to think like an agent and think like an investigator to determine what you need to say to get what you need and what you need to do to get what you need to ensure that the case is successful and there is no rush that was that was one of the things there is no rush we did not rush cases and you didn't want to rush cases. So because if you rushed cases, you skip steps. And when you skip steps, you could very well miss opportunities for really good evidence. So you 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 know, that was that was always in my head, just making sure that I was doing the right thing, that I was saying the right things to, you know, to to get what was needed to ensure that the case was successful. Uh, so uh, Rana, having worked on uh, so many cases and uh, having hosted the, uh, being the host for the Nobel Youth Conference, and uh, I'm sure in a lot of the cases, uh, you must have had the suspect as some some sort of a teenage person or in, in their early ages. So what, what would be something that, uh, some tips or something which you would like to share with today's youth? regarding uh, you know your experience and uh, so that they can improve improve their life and implement it as well so so you know one of the things that i would that i would tell young people is to continue to do their best always do your best you want to show up at your best because you don't know who's watching you so anybody at any time anywhere could be watching you and you may not know it because when you're being watched someone's trying to figure you out someone's trying to decide whether this is someone that we can invest in is this someone that we can trust is this someone we could bring in um in into our organization to do good work for us and so it's important that as young people that you always show up at your best because you don't know who's looking 
So, so let me ask you this. How old are you gentlemen? 20, I'm 2019. Yeah. And you're, 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 you're at university, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you have to show up at your best because like instructors, your professors, they're looking at you. They may not say anything to you, but they're watching. And you don't know who they know, right? You don't know right. who's speaking on your behalf. So you have to walk and you have to talk appropriately. You have to show up decent and in order and show up at your best. Don't show up shoddy. Don't show up ratchet. Don't show up messy. Show up at your best. Because that will open doors to opportunity. And so you start young. And so it's important that, you know, that particularly you all now, because, you know, you're in school, you're, you know, you're trying to do your best, get your best grades that you can so you can graduate and maybe, you know, you might want to continue to go to the next level in, in education or you want to, you want to get a position that you, your dream job. But see, this is a thing. Your professors may know someone that is working at the, the company that you want to go to, right? So it's important that you, you, you show up at your best because when your professors are looking and they say, you know what, let me, let me make a call on this, on this young man's behalf. Let me, let me pick up the phone. Let me have a call. I'll step out there. I will step out there and share what I know about him. That is, that's how this, this is how this works. And see, as a young person, you may not hear that a lot. You may not hear anyone telling you those kind of things. See, as adults, we tell you go to school, get a degree, do your best, blah, blah, blah. Well, see, there are other steps to this. There's more to it than this, than that. And you're not getting that information. No one's talking to you about that. You know, you know, there are some parents and some adults that are having those conversations with, you know, with young people. But I, 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 you know, I would bet you that a lot of young people aren't having those conversations. And let me tell you why. They're not having those conversations because of the things that they're doing. You know, a lot of young people, they're smoking, they're joking around, they're showing up on social media, looking any kind of way. Um, they're not doing their best in school. They're not getting the best grades. And so when you start getting at the university level that, you know, playtime is over. Playtime is, it's time to get down to business. It's time to focus on what you need to focus on. It's time for you to do your best. It's time for you to show up decent and in order. It's just simple as that. You are also certified in uh, in EQI 2.1 EQ360, that is emotional intelligence assessments, which support individuals in becoming more self-aware to manage their behaviors brought into the workplace or relationships. So, ma'am, what advice do you have for students on the topic of emotional quotient and emotional intelligence? Get to know who you are. 
understand how people see you. When you walk into a room, what do people see? What do people hear? How do you how how do you present yourself? Because sometimes people see you differently than way, the way you see yourself. And so it's real important that you understand what that looks like. It's, it's, it's incredibly important to understand what 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 both of, both of those look like. Because you you know as you, you know particularly for executives and leaders, um, you know they you know they may come into that boardroom, they may come in a certain way, they might have an attitude, and so they have to understand when they come in with that attitude, what impact does that have on the people that work there, right? What kind of impact does that have when you walk in that room? And so it's important that you understand who you are and where you need to stretch and where you need to grow. And you have to ask yourself those questions. You have to ask yourself those questions every day. Where do I need to do better? How do I need to show up at my best? If I'm not the best writer, then I need to write more. I need to read more. I need to position myself more so I can do better. If my study skills are off, I need to connect with people that really know how to study or I need to read books on how to study. I need to find out information on what I need to do in order to to study at my best. So you have to ask those, but you have to do soul searching all the time, every day. And see, in doing that every day, that helps you become the best you could be. That helps you position yourself for where you want to go. And so that's really, you know, that that's that's that emotional intelligence. That's where it's really, really it's it's really, really rich on how people how people see you when you're coming. Yes. So it's 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 all about the engagement and it's all about, you know, knowing that, you know, how you look and how you talk and how you walk. That, that has impact on people. It has it has incredible impact on people. Yes. So, ma'am, you have uh, mentored like 200 plus students in your uh, career. So, and our podcast is basically by students and it's for students. What are the top three things or learnings which you uh, tell your mentees that we can learn from and our audience can learn? So I guess the, the top three things is uh, it's never too late to understand your why, right? Okay. Why? Why are you? Why are you? Why are you here? What? Why are you here? So you want to understand your why because your why is going to determine where you're going to go. It's going to determine your direction, right? So that's important. You want to understand what your what your why is. Why are you in? Why are you in school? Are you there because your parents said go to school? Are you there because you know that it's going to serve you? Right? So know your why. Second thing is opportunity. Be ready for opportunity. You know, when if because opportunity is going to show up and it's going to show up quick. And so you want to be ready for it. 
you want to be able to say, yes, I'm, I, yeah, I can do that. Yes, I can do that. Because when you get the opportunity, because see, this is the thing before opportunity comes, somebody is looking to determine whether they're going to give you that opportunity. Right. So yes. you have to be ready for it. So you, you really have to get ready to be ready. Yes. Right. Yeah. You got to learn some things. You got to, you got to learn about you. You got to, you, you got to position yourself. So you got to do some things to make sure that you're ready. And then opportunity. So when opportunity shows up, you know, you can say, yes, I can do that. Yes. I'll, I'll be willing to learn. Yes, yes. I can try that. Yes, I can give you extra time. Because when you're given that extra time, you get you're becoming more visible. You're becoming more visible. And then the, the third thing is time is money. Time is money. Don't waste time. So and when I say that, I think about uh, particularly for young people on social media. I don't know how many times I've seen young people, particularly in the States, they're walking, they're on the street, they're on the sidewalk and they're walking and they're walking and they got their phone and, they, and they're looking down at their phone and they're walking. Right. And yeah. so they're putting a lot of time in that phone. They're putting a lot of time in whatever social media site they're on, right? Whether it's Facebook, probably not Facebook, it's, it's Instagram, Snapchat. Yeah. Um, it could be TikTok. Not a lot of, not a lot of young people on TikTok. Um, but you know, they could, they could be, they could be there. And so just be mindful of the time you're devoting to things that, that do not serve you. Unless social media serves you, unless you're on a social media site where you can learn something, you know, you got to monitor your time. You got to monitor your time and monitor the things that you're doing. You, you are one of the board members at uh, the Public Safety Cadets and as well as the Women's Initiative Network. So these positions are uh, really uh, filled with leadership and uh, responsibility responsibilities so uh i wanted to ask you regarding uh what, what kind of work does these organizations do towards the society and uh, as well as what leadership means to you well a lot of the, the organizations that i'm involved in they're 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 very a lot of them are law enforcement centric so you know like noble national organization of black law enforcement executives i've been a i'm a life member of noble and so I have the youth, I'm the youth chair for, for Noble. So that's what I do in the organization. You know, I oversee the youth programs and I oversee the annual uh, leadership conference that we have for, for young people, 14 and 18. So that's what I do with Noble. And then I'm a member of the International Association of Chiefs of Police. That is, le that is really, uh, me staying engaged with law enforcement and providing leadership, providing my coaching and mentoring for those that are in those spaces, in that leadership space, and then those who are interested in 
in law enforcement as well. Public safety cadets, I'm on the board of directors. Uh, that, you know, that right there, the, the public safety cadets, those are young, young people. So, so I'm very in tune to, you know, giving back to young people. And that's one of the ways, because see, being on the board of directors, I have the ability to, you know, steer, like, you know, the decision of the organization and, you know, various decisions that we're making on where we're going to put our money, how we're going to raise money, what we're going to do with the young people, what kind of programs are we going to have for them? Because it's all about them, right? So, so, so being a part of, you know, uh, you know, the lives of young people. And so when you, when, when you're asking me about leadership, leadership to me is, is, it's, it's, it's life learning. I'm, I'm learning about leadership every day, every day, even though I'm retired, even though I'm coaching, mentoring, you know, I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's every day for me, every day. Leadership is, you know, you have to feed your leadership and you have to, you have to learn what type of leader you are and what type of leader you want to be because there are different types of leadership. There are different types of leadership. You know, you want to be a servant leader. You want to be a democratic leader. You know, do you want to, um, you know, what kind of leader do you want to be? You want to be a laissez-faire leader where, you know, you just let people do what they want to do. And, you know, it, it's, there's so many different levels of leadership, different types of leadership. And, you know, in the, going back to the FBI, you know, the different, you know, the levels, you know, I was a, I was like a relief supervisor that I was, you know, a supervisory special agent. And then, then I started moving back and forth from headquarters to different field offices. And then I moved up to ASAC, the assistant special agent in charge. I mean, I was the number two in the state of Connecticut. And so that was, you know, as I sit back and look at my career and look at the things that I did, you know, there was a lot of leadership there. And I learned a lot about me and I learned how to shift my leadership style, you know, according to who I was working with what I was doing, where I was going. So it's, it's very, very important that you understand what leadership looks like at, at different levels and in different facets of it. It really fascinates me, the, the kind of profile you have, having worked with so many organizations and managing it successfully. It's, it's really commendable. Yeah, you know, um, what's, what's interesting, because, you know, I know what, you know, I, my, I have a very high level of emotional intelligence. And, um, and I'm really, I, I stay mindful about, um, how people see me. And I, and I like to ask that question, you know, I'm always asking that question of myself and, and I'm always, you know, I've, you know, cause I want to, I want to do my best. I want to show up decent and in order. I want to, I want to share with people. I want to share my, um, you know, what I've seen and what I've done. I want I want others to experience the good and I don't want them to experience the bad. So I share where I've had my struggles and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm very mindful of, 
you know, who I am and, you know, whose I am. I'm real, I'm real mindful of that. And so I want to do, I want to do my best and I'm still a work in progress every day. I'm still a work in progress. I'm still a work in progress. And so, you know, you know, some of the other organizations, you know, I was, you know, I'm, I'm part of the wind initiative and, you, you know, um, in, in, at ODU, the Old Dominion University. And with that, that's a mentoring um, organization. And um, it's so the Women Initiative Network, it's, 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 it's about mentoring young women and preparing them to go higher and helping them be their best. So all the organizations that I'm connected to, there is, there's purpose there. And it's connected to my why, it's connected, it's connected to who I am. And so, you know, my goal is to get to a board that's paying me. So I'm putting that, I'm putting that out there. I'm looking for a board that's gonna write it, that's gonna pay me to be on the board. Right now I'm on boards that I pay yeah. to be on. You know, you know, you got to pay into the organization so it could be sustained. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, a, you know, I'm at different different levels, um, but I'm putting that out there. I'm, I want to be on a board that's going to pay me to be on a board. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. So thank you. So we're going to come uh, to a recurring segment that we have added in our episodes and it's basically we get an audience uh, to interact with you so we have a few questions by our audience so we'll run them by you and it'll be a bit of a rapid fire kind of a situation so okay so the first right. yeah so the first question is by rajat and he asks what is the difference between a special agent and a normal agent in the fpa there's only agent Special agent. That's it. Yeah. yeah. What's okay. the difference between so, a special agent agent? So you might hear so it's just another term. You know, you know, okay. someone say agent Glover. It's yeah. still special agent. It's still yeah. that's still your title. Special yeah. agent. Okay. So Abhinav asks, whenever there's a revelation in a show or a movie or a TV series, the agent always calls someone and says, You need to see this. So how many times have you said a cliched phrase ever in your career that you then thought, okay, come on. That that I picked up the phone and said, you need to see this? Yeah, or any other cliched phrase that is, I guess, overused in like an FBI show or something. So a lot of that stuff is not real. That's the thing. Yeah. People, <laughs> I don't, you know, what? when you asked me that, I was like, hmm, when did I do that? Yeah. Exactly. No, no. Yeah. I would just okay. go over to the other agent and say, "Look here. Yeah. Take a look at this. <laughs> take a look at this. Or okay. let's see. I, no, I never called and said you need to. You need to see this. Or okay. You know. Now, one thing that I've said, I need. I need you to come to the office. Okay. I need you to okay. come to my office. Yeah, I've said. Okay. I've said that. <laughs> I need yeah. you to come to my office. Yeah. Okay. And you sometimes you don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, Priyansh asks that uh, when we see movies, we we uh, tend to see a sense of rivalries between uh, different uh, uh, agencies like CIA, FBI, 
or uh, all sorts of police departments. So is that real? And uh, uh, what is the scene between them? Is it is it real? So it, can, it yeah, it could be real. Oh yeah, you could. I, I can look back on throughout my career where, um, you know, we have not our office or um, our office may not have had a great relationship with a police department for something. And a lot of it is personality driven. It's because somebody had a disagreement with another police officer and they never made up. They didn't never talked about it. They didn't become friends and it just went rampant. And then everybody was mad at each other. Yeah. So mm -hmm. really that's some dumb, stupid adult mess right there. <laughs> that's all that yeah. is. And so you <laughs> okay. have, that's all it's just this dumb, stupid adult mess. Um yeah. and sometimes it, you know, things can be serious, but when they're serious, that's when the top people, leadership has to step in and shut all mm -hmm. that down. Cause because law enforcement cannot be cannot afford to be at a have be at odds with one another yeah. but i can tell you yeah that happens it happens oh yeah it ha it happens yeah. all the time there's nothing new about it but you got to yeah. get out in front of it and say look for the sake of the investigation for the sake of the case for the sake of the people let's put our differences aside and work this out but oh yeah it happens absolutely yeah. So Aryan asks, like in movies like Zodiac, we see that there are some cases which are just unsolvable or they weren't like able to solve it. And it leaves authorities like scratching their heads about it. So have you ever come across a case like this in your life? Uh, yes, I have. Um, where you just get to a place where you're just not sure what's what. Now, this is... This was a case that it was never assigned to me or, it, you know, this was something that had happened a few years before I got to the office and it had really, it, it, it had not been real clear on what had happened. So, it, it, you know, it, a, a death was involved. It was, um, yeah, someone was on vacation and there was liquor involved. And it was just so many different things involved. And the FBI was brought in later. So, but it's really, you know, it's, it's, it was still not clear. It's not crystal clear. Um, so, yeah, I've seen those. But most of the cases that I've been involved in is, you know, information that we've received that says x y and z is going on and you have to okay. get you got to get the evidence right um and the person that's reporting it or sharing the information you know they're in position to give you more information so a lot of a lot of our cases get started because of a phone call because of something you know because so, so for instance, if it's bank fraud, we're not gonna we're not gonna see see it. The bank is gonna see it, and then they're gonna call us and say, "Look, we have a problem here. 
then we have to just go in and get the evidence. And then yeah. we have to work the case. We got to work it up. We got to build the case and do those kind of things. Yeah. Okay. So Jasi asks that uh, what are the problems faced by women in developing careers uh, in their workplace and how to overcome them? You know, what's interesting is that I did, you know, I did my study on black women in federal law enforcement, ascending to the senior executive service. And there are challenges that women have the potential to see. They have the potential to work with someone who doesn't want to work with women. They have the potential to, you know, work with someone who uh, does not believe women should be there. And those those type of people are far in between because women have been in law enforcement for a long, long time. And if you can't, uh, if, if, if that's something that you don't want to see women in law enforcement, then you need to get out of law enforcement. You don't need to be in law enforcement. You just have to get out. You, you need to get out of your own way and accept the fact that women are not going anywhere. And women have a role in law enforcement. Women, women are, there are things that women do that are so much better than what men do. Um, you know, women are great communicators. They're more compassionate. They know how to de-escalate uh, an issue so much better than, than men. Um, it, you know, and it is what it is. And for some people yes. who have a challenge with accepting that, I submit to them that law enforcement is not a career for, career for you. If you're a man that you don't want to see women in law enforcement, then you don't need to be in law enforcement. It's just it's just simple as that. So the the challenges that you know, um, and and see some of the challenges that women experience are some of the same could be some some of the same that men experience as well. Um, you know, if opportunities, some, some men experience, you know, the lack of opportunity to, you know, to, to work a case or to do, but a lot of times because it, it is a male centric organization, more males are going to be, they're going to have that access. It's giving women that access. It's giving women that opportunity. It's when you lock, when you lock women out, that's when it's out of order. That's when it's, 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 you know, it's, it's not good for the organ. It's not good for the organization. And so there are, you know, there are strategies that women can, uh, can execute in order to alleviate some of the things that they would see, or when they see it, they know how to navigate it. But that's okay. that's a whole nother conversation. I'm telling you, that's a yes. whole nother conversation. You'd have to have me back for another show. We would love to have you. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So Priyansh has asked, being a part of FBI, does this thought ever come to mind that because of me, my family might be compromised? And what do you do that in, in that regard? Well, a couple things. As when I worked on undercover, I made sure that everything was dress right dress, right? So the bureau is the the FBI is incredibly astute 
and exceptional in preparing their undercovers really giving them the tools to make sure that they're safe to make sure that the families are safe the the bureau is very very good at that and the bureau has worked hard for years and years to ensure that it has a, a stellar undercover program yeah for me my you know my assignments i didn't i was i was never deep 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 undercover and when you're deep undercover i mean you you're you don't see your family you're not talking to your family you're not you're not seeing your family you you have really assumed a whole nother role um you know every that's a it's a everyday thing you know you're engaged with targets every day you're engaged with subjects every day you have you know you're living differently you're really you have you you might have another job that you go to you're just doing you know you you're you're you're, you're you really assumed uh, another identity but the beauty of that is that you have someone that you work with that makes sure that you're okay yes that's the that's the beauty of working like a deep undercover uh, investigation. Yes. You have another agent that is watching after you and making sure that you're okay. So when if things go, you know, go sideways, they're able to pull you out. They're able to pull you out to safety, whether that be, yes. uh, you know, uh, like a a mental challenge that you're having or whether it's a physical challenge then they're going to be there they're going to pull you out there's there is no investigation that is going to risk your life no investigation none yeah okay okay that that's amazing so that concludes this segment and uh, we have one last segment uh, to end our episode that uh, we ask all of our guests who come on our podcast so firstly thank you for coming <laughs> this has been amazing the the youth and our audience everyone has a lot to take in from so the last segment has consists of two questions so the first question is uh, what is one of the best mistakes that you have ever made that resulted in a very positive outcome or a positive learning Ooh, let's see a mistake where i learned um i'll try and shorten it the best way that i can um one of the things that i learned is that you have to move you got to move fast it was when i was looking to continue to promote and because I didn't move quick enough and I didn't move when I was supposed to, you know, I didn't position myself. So while that was a negative at the time, the positive is that I'm able to share with others that sometimes you got to move quick. You may not want to move, but then you got to move in order to move up because when you what happened with me i started to get comfortable i started to get comfortable i started to 
really love what I was doing to the point that, you know, when you get comfortable, you just kind of, you're relaxed, but no, you get, if you, if you're going higher, you got to stay, you got to stay high. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep going. And there was a lull in, in my career where I didn't move as quickly as I should have. And because I did not move as quickly as I should have, my window of opportunity started to close. And so the positive is that I'm able, because I went through that, I'm able to share with others to help them see when that shows up in their lives. When it shows up, they'll know how to navigate it. Yeah, I can relate because uh, as they say, that change is the only constant. So you got to keep, keep moving. Right, right. And uh, yeah. So the next question I wanted to ask is that uh, any movies or books which uh, positively impacted your life or because of which uh, you are here right now? Um, you know, Silence of the Lambs. That was, you know, the only the only thing about that movie is that Jodie Foster's character, um, she would not have received a gun while she was in training. Bureau's not going to pull anybody out of training class like that. No, mm -mm. no. They find they yeah. find another law enforcement officer. <laughs> so no, <laughs> okay. no, no, no. That's that's too that's too much of a liability. So. Um, but yeah, that was, uh, I, I really enjoyed that film. That was good. That was good. Okay. Well, and uh, just a second part to this would be, uh, which movie or, uh, yeah, like movie, uh, do you think is, has represented the FBI the closest? Probably silence, even though yeah, probably silence of the lambs. Okay. Yeah. You know, because a lot of it was it was filmed um, at the academy, and the only the only thing that was um, you know that, that it's a big thing, but I, I got past it. You know, Jody Jody Foster's character; she was a trainee, and yeah. so that would not have happened. Yeah, uh, okay. but it was good. It was good movie. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So thank you, Mom. Thank you so much. This has been so interesting and informative for the audience and us also. So thank you for coming, first of all. And thank you for imparting all this knowledge on us. All right. Thank, thank you. Thank you for the invitation. It was just really, really awesome. Thank you so much. Yes.